Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the International E Podcast. Before we start, let me talk a little bit about the podcast. So the International E Podcast is going to be a space where different international students, prospective ones, as well as current international students could get a glimpse into the life of international students in the U.S. or abroad. This week, I am joined by my very, very dear friend, Zoya. Welcome to the show, Zoya. Hi, Ruth. Thank you for having me. Hi. Yeah, of course. So before we like delve into the conversation, let me talk a little bit about you. So Zoya is from Karachi, Pakistan, although she was born in Lahore and spent a good part of her childhood in the Punjab province of Pakistan. She completed her undergraduate degree in the United States at Smith College, where she double majored in quantitative economics and English language and literature. Um, currently, she's based right outside of Washington, D.C., where she works at an economic consulting firm. Would you like to add more to your bio? I think that's, that's as much as I've accomplished so far. <laughs> so yes, that covers it. Okay, great, great. All right. So as the topic of our episode is dealing with identity, what is the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the word identity? Um, I think I really only thought of my identity after I came to like after I came to the U.S. and after I started mm-hmm. studying at Smith, and it might have something to do with the fact that for those who are familiar with Smith's landscape, it places a lot of importance on self-discovery and self-identification, and it often leans on you know certain ways to define your identity so there's a lot of you know okay where are you from okay okay what social class are you from okay what ethnicity are you what languages do you speak so when and you know part of that is just there's a language for social discourse at smith but part of that is also you're just an international for the first time in a new place and so when you when you crash land at smith they have this thing called a international student pre-orientation and mm-hmm. so literally our first label at, you know, when you land in the new environment is, hi, I'm Zoya, I'm from Pakistan. And you've never had to say that before because uh, I had never been, I had very, very brief experiences traveling outside Pakistan before I came mm-hmm. to Smith. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I never had to tell people, oh, I'm Pakistani because I just mm-hmm. lived in Pakistan all my life. Yeah. Um, so I think my first like instance of ident- like what is my identity is, oh, I'm Pakistani. Yeah. Um, and so that yeah. was like my so my country of origin was what I first thought mm-hmm. of when I thought of my identity and then mm-hmm. after that you start making it a little bit more of a nuanced conversation where your religion comes into play your ethnicity comes into play okay what language do you speak okay where mm-hmm. in Karachi did you live mm-hmm. if you other Pakistanis in the US mm-hmm. um, and so that conversation I think over the years gets more and more nuanced with yourself um, right. right and so yeah that's that's what identities yeah yeah thank you thank you so much for sharing that with me um and I obviously I relate to everything that you said because obviously we went to the same college and you know we had to go through the orientation together and even though I was like a year older than you but like you know the same apply to different international students um but for me personally um when I think of the word identity I you know if I did not go to school in the US I don't think I would really 
um, contemplate about the word identity or had to identify mm-hmm. myself as you know, yeah. someone who's something if I didn't move, you know? Yes. And so yeah. part of that is, so for me, I moved um, to the U.S. when I was 15. So I went to two years of high school in the U.S. and then went to Smith. Um, so high school was like the first time I had to explain to people, oh, hi, my name is Ruth. Right. Yeah. And so that was very, you know, jarring for me, like, because I never had to um, identify my place of origin as as something that was part of my identity, because I grew up here, yeah. everyone yeah. looked like me, you know, like being Ethiopian was a given, like it yeah. was never questioned. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, having to move to a different place, a different city, and then you're the only one from your country in that whole entire school. That mm-hmm. that was a, a, a very, very hard experience. But then Smith was also like, you know, college is also a completely different experience than high right. school. And then in college, I had to do that all over again. And mm-hmm. so and then, you know, it was like, hi, my name is Ruben. I'm from Ethiopia. And then, you know, you'd ask also the same question about other people because you're interested right. in where you, they are from, you know, hearing their stories. Right. Um, and I also usually, you know, I found it um, that when you share where you're from, you know, some people ask you questions about mm-hmm. about your place of origin, and that's yeah. obviously normal and expected. Yeah. Uh, but then sometimes you get questions <laughs> that are a bit ignorant. Um, and then sometimes maybe, you know, although there are some people who are very genuine, like to know about your culture mm-hmm. and identity. Um, and so I wanted to talk about like, you know, how was how was that like transitioning from, um, you know, a place that you are so used to a place that you mm-hmm. call home. And then you move to the U.S. for for school, mm-hmm. and then now you're given this identity. You're you're from you're from Pakistan, mm-hmm. like that's your identity. How was that um, transition for you? I think it was a really interesting experience. And when I think about when I used to swap stories with my friends who were also international about what it was like in the early mm-hmm. months of being at Smith, right. my experience at the U.S. was strange because I had grown up in Pakistan with so much American pop culture like our radio used to play Billboard Hot 100s right so (laughs) it was very strange to come to the U.S. and be so intimately familiar with America Mm -hmm. and they don't know a thing about you and that's just the norm because America is so huge like they just have a very like in all spheres of like the global discourse right like they Mm -hmm. have a footprint there and so if you are outside the U.S. it is Mm -hmm. it is sometimes it's almost like self-destructive not to know what the U.S. is doing right Right. for many different reasons for political reasons for social Mm -hmm. reasons for Mm Um, social progression reasons like if you want to if you have high ambitions if you want to know where the best educational institute like that kind of stuff you need to know what the U.S. is otherwise you're not aware or informed about the world however Mm -hmm. you come to the U.S. and there's no such requirement on Americans to know anything outside the U.S. because they have everything within their country's borders so they don't really have any obligation to know anything about you Mm -hmm. exactly so it was a really bizarre experience because I was like, I know what like 80s hip hop scene was in the US. Mm. Why do I know something so niche and stupid, but like, (laughs) you don't, you don't even know what languages I speak. You don't even know like whether Karachi is a country, a city or a state. Right. Exactly. Or even where it is located geographically. Not at all. Exactly. So it, it, I think, 
it was the first time that i had to not only like identify myself as a pakistani but uh, but to just you had to put together the words for the first time okay how do i describe this food to people how do i describe how many languages are spoken in pakistan mm-hmm. like that's not a like especially coming from a country which i would consider it's not at all a homogenous country however mm-hmm. these circles that show up in the us very often are from mm-hmm. certain you know sets of schools from lahore and karachi which are two major cities in pakistan yeah and so often times the representation in pakistan at certain schools i think sometimes is a pretty homogenous kind of representation from pakistan so mm-hmm. um it's it's very interesting like how do you put together the words to represent your country right like okay right. do i do right. i want to talk about the people who i have never met in pakistan like i don't <laughs> even know yeah. who lives you know in in like yeah. certain provinces what languages they speak if mm. if what i do is the norm for them and it's not and mm. i think initially you try to there is an urge to sum up your whole country in just like a mm. little bite size yeah. this is what i'm about Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's frustrating, and we all recognize mm-hmm. it. That this is not the full truth. I'm just saying these two sentences to get these people off my back now. Yes, um, yes. And yeah. then slowly, I think you come to you come to find the answer that ma- that seems the most honest to yourself and to your country. Like, okay, mm-hmm. this is where I'm from. This is what it's about. Right. Here are all the caveats. Please don't take this to mean the whole country is just what I'm saying right now in two sentences. Right. right. Um. and you learn that slowly and i think that's that's just a good exercise at mm-hmm. through life cuz right i think if you're doing your life right you will continue to meet people from many different walks of life and many different places yeah. you should know how to talk about yourself and where you come mm-hmm. from mhm hopefully mm-hmm. meet exciting interesting people and you know it's yeah. not just going to be people who already know where you're from and what you're about so exactly yeah. exactly and i really really appreciate what you said about um you know practicing um talking to people about where you're from because i think that's uh, you know to some extent you know identifying with your country it, it also has a privilege i i like to think because um you know at the same time you're not only from your country you're like mm-hmm. acting as a spokes- spokesperson for your country you're like an ambassador yeah. of sorts you yeah. know because a lot of times even in classrooms or in friend groups you might be the only one from your country and so mm-hmm. um whatever comments you make or whatever conversations that you're having exactly. i think you, you know like you're people... at the un <laughs> like here the, the representative of whoever <laughs> i know and it's like you know exactly like you said like in a, in a friend group it could be so diverse to the point where you're like you're in a meeting at the un because everyone is from so many different countries um mm-hmm. And so you know like for me personally what I really loved about the international student community at Smith is because um I was able to express myself freely you know to people and also I got the chance to learn about you know so many amazing people with so many different stories from different mm-hmm. parts of the world and I got to connect with them um even though we don't share anything um you know in common about our background mm-hmm. or about our bringing you know but I was you know it, it made me realize that it doesn't matter like where you grew up or what you know what your childhood upbringing was as long as you can make a connection with someone um mm-hmm. you know with a shared value with a shared common understanding mm-hmm. about you know just being human and so uh, for me i think that was when the switch happened like when i was able to make friends with a lot of people from mm-hmm. you know different countries yeah. i was like okay, there is something special here you know yeah. do you relate with that 
I I completely agree, and I think that is that is part of what I meant when I said that your conversation with yourself about what your identity is starts becoming more nuanced because mm-hmm. again, you start to connect with people on points that you might not have put as much emphasis in within yourself as like a part of your identity. And then when you make a lot of human connections on those particular parts of yourself, you're like, oh, okay. So me being interested in literature is actually a thing that connects me with Mm -hmm. other people. And so I should probably consider that as something that, you know, Mm -hmm. I identify with, like that is part of who I am. So I think your list of things that you consider to be part of yourself starts getting Mm. more interesting and starts feeling Mm. more true to yourself right like this is what these are the parts of my self that I engage Mm. with the most as well like this is Mm -hmm. what shows up when I talk to people Um, and so in that way it becomes a very personal conversation which I like like it's I think it shows growth and progression like you're not just taking the labels that were given to you at birth Mm -hmm. like okay um this is the religion this is the country this is the city etc etc it's become it becomes a lot more personal right 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 no for sure like I I I totally agree and and you know going back to what um what I said earlier about like you know um being a privilege like trying to you know have a conversation about where you're from I think for, for a lot of people um who don't have the opportunity to you know travel abroad or study abroad um you know, they don't have the practice of, um, you know, identifying themselves as someone, you know, who likes to do this or who likes to do that, or they're from Mm -hmm. this place and they're from that place. And so I think we've had a a, a good experience in terms of like striking up a conversation with a stranger or being Mm -hmm. friendly with someone with, you know, who's completely different from us. And I think that's also part of, um, and and college is, you know, like a a formative part of your experience. You're there Mm -hmm. when, you know, uh, around like your late teen years and so you're also still a kid kind of and mm-hmm. then you know when you graduate you're like supposed to be an adult and so in those like critical moments of your life um, having that experience of connecting with people and mm-hmm. um, you know identifying yourself as, as someone who likes this or like that that I think what you said about how that helps you you know to form you as an individual and to form you as an adult after college um, mm-hmm. I think lays a strong foundation to you um, as to like who you are as a person mm-hmm. um, very much so yep yeah and so like and these are things that you think about after you graduate you know like while you're in school yeah. you're not like really re- you know reflective of like okay how's this conversation with the stranger gonna affect me like you know five ten years from now yeah. but like you know like for me even personally when I talk about some of my closest friends still now were people I met at Smith who are not even from Ethiopia you yeah. know so um I guess, like, my identity, like, having to identify as an Ethiopian, um, Mm -hmm. you know, some people thought it was very fascinating, and some people thought it was like, oh, so where is it? And so I had to, like, explain (laughs) where it was. So I wanted to ask you, like, so what were some of the um, stories that you remember or some of the interactions that, you you know, you had with people um, that, you know, deals with the topic of your identity? I think I didn't... I didn't get very wild questions, honestly, or maybe I just have erased them from my memory. But um, <laughs> right. I think people at Smith were generally super careful about asking mm-hmm. the right and the wrong questions. So I mm-hmm. probably did not get very wild questions. I'm sure there are Pakistanis out there who right. get, oh my right. goodness, kind of questions. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think probably the, the wildest things I had to experience were more, not questions, but there was a lot of lumping together of Pakistan mm-hmm. with with like other South Asian nations, specifically India usually. 
Um, so the assumption that like, is, is the food the same? Is the language the same? If I were ever talking to Indian friends in the same language, because Hindi and Urdu verbally, for the most part, sound the same. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I would speak to them, people would just assume, oh, you're just from India or you're speaking mm-hmm. Hindi. And like, right. it would often be like, on me I guess like do I want mm. to step in and correct like actually it's not the same language or actually we're not right. from the same place right and right. I think I did I like was yeah. very reactive initially where I was like I'm not from India it's like a different country um right. so right. but I think over the they just stopped mattering to me at some mm. point because um mm-hmm. I mean I don't know like if people mm. genuinely want to know I will let them know but I'm not gonna go out of my way to correct something that I think it's very easy to correct on your own. Like it's not one of those big issues that I would have to step in. Um, I think this, uh, more honest, honestly for me, my identity that got the most questions at Smith was probably my Muslimness. Um, uh, let's talk about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was, it, I think it's a, it's a very interesting identity for me at Smith because it was the first time that I saw people who practice Islam differently than I do. And for the first time, it was, it became very apparent to me growing up, I used to hear this thing in school or just in social circles where it was like, you know, how do you separate culture from religion? Mm. And I was like, okay, maybe that just means that there are certain things that are not like, you know, said for us to do or not to do Mm. in the religion, but the culture imposes that upon us but you don't really know what that means until I came to the U.S. and I saw that the Mm -hmm. cultural practice of uh, Islam differs Mm -hmm. very much so when I look at friends from Africa or when I look from Mm -hmm. friends from like who have grown up in the U.S. who have immigrant parents Mm -hmm. um, and those who don't have immigrant parents who just have you know Mm -hmm. Americans who have lived here for generations and are Muslims and the the things that they value like certain mm-hmm. things like okay it is very important for us to mm-hmm. go to the mosque and pray versus right. oh it's okay for me to pray in my dorm it's not that important for me mm-hmm. to go to juma at like the, right. the you know the chapel or whatever mm-hmm. so those were very interesting because religion is fed to you as a very um like your parents just teach you what Islam is, right? Like they make right, you read the right. Quran or whatever. And so you have a very yeah. family-centered, or at least I did. I had mm-hmm. a very family-centered view of mm-hmm. Islam. So whatever mm-hmm. my parents did or taught me is what I knew of Islam. Right. right. Um, and so when you come to Smith, it's like, oh, this feels like a part of my identity that there are very mm-hmm. high stakes in. Like potentially if I do something wrong, am I like straying or am I, you know, like what does that mean? But you see all of these people practicing differently. Like some people wear the hijab and others don't. And some people really think it's important, others don't. And Mm -hmm. it's for different reasons. Um, I think it it showed up very often because I used to write at Smith for the school paper. And one of our dining halls... Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And one of our dining halls... Um, used to serve halal food mm-hmm. and it was just one dish that they would set out for halal food and they would have a whole slew of dishes for like kosher mm-hmm. for instance mm-hmm. and so I remember very early on in my smith career feeling very like this is something that I can stand behind mm-hmm. like I think this is this is a cause that relates to my identity mm-hmm. and I should definitely help the people who are trying to make the halal options more expanded at smith mm-hmm. um and so it was one of those early moments where like my identity was part of something that was driving me to do something at Smith. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And we, yeah, like long story short, we had like some, somebody else had ended up, ex, you know, writing some things, setting up petitions. And I helped with that. Wow, um, and like now amazing. that whole dining hall is halal at Smith. Wow. Um, but I don't know where you, what your conversation was, but no, <laughs> what's your, no, what's your question? Okay. No, <laughs> um, no. But, yeah. but I think that's one of the things that saw the most friction in terms of identity more than my country being like people asking me questions about it it was more the religion being like a back and forth at smith and okay what decision do i make on this crossroads what decision do i make on this crossroads i see somebody doing something differently do i adapt do i change right being pocket Yeah. I mean, thank you. Thank you so much for for sharing that because, um, you know, like what you said about, you know, culture and religion being part of your identity. Like, I think that's a very, very strong um, notion to even like grapple with because when you're going through it, you don't really think about it. Right. Mm Because, you know, for you, like, you know, coming from Pakistan was one identity and then, you know, being Muslim was was the other identity. Um, Mm -hmm. And as you said, like the difference that you saw and how you know, you grew up and then how people were practicing it at Smith and the different friendships that you made. Um, I'm sure like, you know, that broadened your understanding and, you know, made you open minded. Mm-hmm. Um, and even for me personally, so like, you know, I'm from Ethiopia, that's part of one of my identities. Um, but then, you know, in the US, if you're from, you know, an African country, you are labeled as black. And so mm-hmm. then like no one, you know, people who didn't know me thought I was maybe African-American, right? So mm-hmm. that's also another identity that was given to me, yeah, <laughs> although yeah. I did not grow up in the U.S. Um, and because, I, you know, simply because I was black, I just became yeah. a black person, right? Because um, that's the way the U.S. is set up. And then in terms of um, religion, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm Orthodox, um, but then there are different, you know, people with different religions. And um, I had to choose, like, did I want to go to this church or did I want to go to that mm-hmm. church? Right. Like, where do I, yeah. you know, find myself? And so that was also a bit um, tricky for me personally to navigate through because, um, you know, you want to be with your friends, you know, let's get let's go to church. Uh, but then, you know, I felt myself um resisting because I was like that's yeah. not the church I was used to going and so right, right, right. I used to like you know wait to go to Boston to spend time with my sister and then we would go to the Ethiopian Orthodox Church and so that would like yeah. um, even though I didn't go there often that 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 um, kind of filled the void that I felt mm-hmm. while I was at Smith because there was no Ethiopian Orthodox Church nearby right yeah. and so that's um, as you said, like identity, it's so multifaceted and we deal with so many different identities and labels that are just given to us sometimes mm-hmm. without us even asking for them. Um, yeah. And also like even gender, like being a woman, like that's also like an identity. And going, yeah, I, right? I had never had to identify myself as straight before I came to Smith. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. So I guess that's what I am. And then there's, <laughs> I, I, okay. I think everybody goes through a, those moments at Smith where they're like, okay, I guess this label has been given to me and I must say it. Right. However, right. do I identify with it? And then you have that moment. You're like, I didn't even right. ask for this discussion with myself, but <laughs> exactly. now I guess I have to go through it. Um, exactly. 
So yeah, I right. I I think there were not very many identities given to me. For, right. for the most part, I knew right. what I was signing up for. But <laughs> this was one of those where I was like, I did not even ask for this conversation, <laughs> but I guess I need to have it with myself now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, these are part of the experiences that we have when mm-hmm. we're in college. Um that, you know, you d- you don't have to think about those things while you're in high school or like growing up yeah. but then when you're in college and you're in a different situation and a different environment you know you're away from home and you know you're walking you know through the campus as your own individual being like every day you're making a conscious decision as to like who you know how mm-hmm. you represent yourself to people and yeah. how that you know how that changes in terms of like the people you hang out with right um so maybe like even in a classroom setting you know, sometimes I usually find myself being the only Ethiopian, the only black person, the only, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the only box that yeah. you want to tick. And then sometimes I feel the pressure to say something or like comment something. Yeah. Um, but then I, you know, some, because I, fu- I found it really tricky to like know when to say something and when to not say something. Because mm-hmm. that became a constant question I had to ask myself, like, do I want to interfere here or yeah. not? Do you really with that? I do. I think, I th- yeah, I think for me, a lot of the times that question was driven by, do I even, well, first of all, do I want to be, you know, this, the conversation that we touched upon, which is, do I want to be a representative? Like, do I want right. to be the person who is saying the thing, which now these people are going to carry forward and like spout exactly. as like, exactly. okay, this is what like Muslims say, or, oh, this is what Muslim Pakistanis mm-hmm. say, or like, this is what yeah. South, oh, this is what brown people, like, you know, as right. disaggregated as they want to get, or <laughs> as aggregated as they want to make your identity, they can use right. your words then. Do I want to put myself in that position? But I think that bothered me less so, honestly. Mm-hmm. For me, more important in that discussion with myself was, do I even have the knowledge or the information to say anything informative? Mm-hmm. And I think that was a big um, that was difficult for me. That was very difficult mm-hmm. for me because, again, from where where I come from in Lahore and Karachi, they're very privileged circles. Mm-hmm. Um, the schooling that I received, the mm-hmm. the kind of family that I was in, like all mm-hmm. of those experiences, I would call they had you know their fair amount of privileges right. in the sense of right. religion was never forced upon me. Mm-hmm. My my like, I spoke. I went to English medium schools, so mm-hmm. like my exposure to a lot of like realities that a majority of Pakistanis face mm-hmm. was very limited. Mm-hmm. Um, and that had to do with, you know, again, social class as well. It had to do mm-hmm. with access. It had to do with all of those things, being in major cities versus, you know, larger cities, which are under-resourced. Okay. So when these conversations would come up in classrooms, I would honestly, I was like, I don't even think I have the information to make mm-hmm. any informative comments here. Mm-hmm. And then for me, it was like, why don't I have the information? Right. Um, am I should I go out and search? Should I look this up? Should I read a book? Should I call my grandparents up and ask them what happened in partition? Like how many of our ancestors came? Like what what happened? So so many questions, right? And it's like, it, it had to do with my history. It had to do with my lineage. It had to do with my current political structures. Like people often would ask me like, oh, so like this prime minister isn't like, you know, happening. Like seems like your economy is doing this. And I was like, I've not been home in four years. Like, I don't know what to tell you. And even growing up, I left when I was like, what, 18? I don't know. Okay, a lot of people, I will give them this credit. They're very, very politically minded Mm -hmm. as, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Mm -hmm. very active in youth movements in Pakistan. But I just was not. Right. 
So I was like, okay, how do I fill this information gap to say anything informative in classrooms? And I remember I was in a, I was in a comparative politics class, which was an awful class, by the way. But um, it was one of those classrooms where there was one representative from every little identity. Like there was a person who identified as queer. There was a person who identified as a person from some African nation. Like it was literally just, there was one, one person. (laughs) One person who was from like some African nation and they were representing all of Africa. Then I was the only brown person. Then there was one white person. Right. And like, I don't know who your audience is, Ruth, but like this, as a disclaimer, this is not me sounding rude. This is just how people talk at Smith where it's like one white person, one queer person, one brown person, one black person. (laughs) Right, one person from South America and then they're just representing that whole region and they're talking about the politics of that whole region and like I was like I don't I don't know how to contribute here should I contribute here I feel like I should because I can feel it right like I'm you you do see your own political structures growing up and you might not have a very detailed understanding of them but you you know sort of what's up and you can see when a classroom is not taking into account those kinds of political structures and so you're like I know this is kind of one-sided, whatever is being said here, but I don't think I have the perfect words Mm -hmm. to describe where I come from. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think you, for me at least, I put a lot of pressure on myself to like, I can't say anything because I don't have the perfect words. I can't Mm -hmm. say anything because I don't have the perfect knowledge. Um, And so that was something that I had to think a lot about where it's like, okay, how, how much honestly does my personal narrative matter? Mm-hmm. And how much does these are certain facts that are documented in history, and that's what you need to say? Like, what? How does that matter? So, right. Um, right. I had to think about that a lot. I still think about that a lot, even nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I think that was that 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 was a big thing for me. Right, right. And and thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that, Zoya, because and I'm sure a lot of a lot of people would relate to your experience. I mean, I, I know I do because um, you know, sometimes when you think about it, it's not really fair to ask people to talk about like a whole region. Like they can talk about mm-hmm. their own personal experience, but that does not necessarily mean that they represent the entire country, let alone an entire mm-hmm. continent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because even for me personally, like I grew up in the capital city went to a public school for girls and like you know like my upbringing and you know what you talk about you know about privilege and stuff and then being able to attend Smith you know it's like a prestigious college and um you know if you compare my life to a random girl's life in Ethiopia it's completely different because the majority of the population in Ethiopia like more than 80 percent lives in rural areas where Mm -hmm. you know the majority of them you know especially if you're a girl like you know having access to education is a privilege and having Mm -hmm. access to healthcare, like that's something that's like secondary you know what I mean and so when you find yourself coming from you know Ethiopia or like you know could be Pakistan and then you Mm -hmm. find yourself in a classroom or like in a situation where people are expecting you to talk about the entire nation you, you feel a bit conflicted because you know I can't I can't I can't talk okay I, I have an example okay so I recently went I recently went to um uh to Europe for a work conference and I was mm. having this conversation with like an older gentleman and you know I told him I'm from Ethiopia and he was like wow you're from Ethiopia yes and then you know I'm here for a conference for a work and it's like wow and then and then we talked and he was like um you know like even like he he said he he like made the the summary um which was like 
you know, your life, you know, the fact that you were able to get, you know, an education in the U.S., the fact that you're able to travel the world, the fact that, you know, you're here um, mm. is a privilege, you know, compared to someone who's, you know, in Ethiopia who, who you know, who does not have the same level of access and privilege. Sure. And yeah. so, you know, that really made me think, and that is very true. Um, mm. But then, you know, when you find yourself in situations where people expect you to know everything about your country and to, like, be a, a representative, it could be a bit um, frustrating. And also, I found it a bit confusing because if you explain, mm. then you have to explain everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but there's no limit. Yeah. That's very interesting, though. But question, yeah. do you yeah. think it's a pressure... Do you think it's an actually an expectation from people or is it an expectation from yourself? Because mm. I, mm. yeah. I don't, think, That's I don't a good, think it's an expectation from people. Yeah, I think it's just yeah. an expectation from yourself to do yeah. the best that you can to exactly. honestly represent something because yeah. you internally will, I think all of us know, hopefully, right. Well, at least I think I can speak for both of us to say, I think yeah. we know the privileges we carry or have a mm-hmm. fairly good idea of them. Right. And so, and I think for both of us, it is important to mm-hmm. acknowledge those privileges and to, right. and we, we, ha- we have enough of a know-how of our own mm-hmm. countries where mm-hmm. we know our own deficiencies when it comes to yeah. representing our countries. And yeah. so yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if it's more of like the pressure that we bring on ourselves to do an mm-hmm. accurate. Yeah, I think that just might yeah. be it. Because yeah. you don't want I to, don't like, think people <laughs> I don't think people are thinking that much when they ask oh so what food do you eat right and you're like oh my god there's so much to talk <laughs> there's about. so many foods which cuisine I know I know and you know you, you're right because I feel like um it's it's a pressure that we put on ourselves because we don't want to like misinform people or give them mm-hmm. the wrong impression um, exactly or like you know feel like we didn't say enough about this thing and like and I think that's the pressure a lot of international students face, to be honest, um, yeah. to like say as much as they can. And if they don't know it, like to do the research. So then the next yeah. thing someone yeah. asks them, you know. They know the, un- yeah, they, they know, know all the nuanced things. And they can, they can write a little pieces for you out loud. <laughs> I know. And do you relate with that though? Do you feel the pressure to like talk about everything when people ask you questions about where you're from? I think I had the, re- I do feel the pressure. I hundred percent. I think I do feel the pressure, and unfortunately, yeah. I think my reaction to it usually is to just like shut my mouth and not say <laughs> anything at all. Um, uh-huh. Instead of saying things that could potentially be, you know, mm-hmm. just one-sided or not nuanced enough, and all of that. So I think my reaction a lot of the times in Smith was to just be quieter. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. However, with my close friends, I would have the conversation. I think that's right. an important yeah. distinction. Like there were people with whom I would value having that conversation where I felt safe enough that nobody is taking my word as the Bible. Like everybody mm. knows that I am also having right. a self-discovery journey as mm-hmm. I say all of these things out loud. And, you know, okay. a lot of the times my friends just, it just so happened that they were also international folks. So they mm-hmm. understood that mm-hmm. um, all of us are, doing this for the first time where we're putting our scripts together for our country, for our religion, for all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the average, like, and this includes professors, right? Like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It includes professors. Yeah. Um, it includes professors, includes people who I would meet out on the campus. I would right. not offer very much information about myself. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but with my friends, I would, because I would feel safe enough mm-hmm. to be like, they know that this is not the most nuanced answer or the best answer, and they know right. all of that stuff. But right. um, yeah, with with the random person, I was just like, I I don't I don't want to upset myself by giving <laughs> you like a one sided answer, and then I'm just gonna sit here for like two hours being like shit here's like all of the things I should have said and here's right. the things I don't know about and like mm. so yeah right. no no that 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 makes sense totally and I really want to touch upon what you said about you know having those friends um where you feel comfortable to share your opinions with without the fear of being judged or like you know they they also share your frustration they also share your um experience you know as international students um and I also want to ask you like how did that like you know how did um finding people that you you know that you were close with like having those Mm -hmm. close friends how did that um how was that dictated by your identity i think it's this is a very interesting question because i think i've been reflecting more so on it in the past like since i've graduated so i graduated in 2020 from smith um into the pandemic and so there was a lot of time to just sit around and think um as i think most people can most people had that same experience yeah by the way sorry to to interrupt you but i just want to say you know kudos for like graduating during covid because i (laughs) have no idea how you did that and i just i'm in awe of you. I, I think I honestly think shout out to the class of 2021 or oh beyond because they definitely had it probably worse okay. I think right. at least for us we only had to really deal with what like two months of mm-hmm. COVID classes right right um, but still but but for to do a whole school year uh, online is a lot and obviously I mean I think for us the class of 2020 I would say that the economy and like jobs was mm-hmm. quite stressful then because mm-hmm. a lot of friends of mine had to deal with you know offers being rescinded and like just having to figure it all out again so that was very stressful so I hope the 2020 kiddies are recovering from our collective (laughs) collective difficult moment Um, yeah okay sorry okay Okay, yeah so how did okay so how did my like friend friend circles and how did that that was your question, right? Right. How, yeah. How did I, your identity kind of inform or dictate the way you were able to find your close friends? Um, so starting at Smith, I think the international part was the first time you make friends, right? Okay. We're international. Yeah. We're different right. than these Americans. Let's just band together, together and like <laughs> figure out how the laundry machine works. Yeah. Um, something like that. And then mm-hmm. after that, I think for me, I, I didn't even realize I was making friends this way, but right. I had a conversation with the with a friend recently where I mm-hmm. arrived at the conclusion that, oh, all of my friends at Smith, not only did were they international, but they also came from, you know, a family that placed some emphasis on organized religion, mm-hmm. uh, a family that placed some imp- amount of importance on like personal finance and like Mm -hmm. how to manage money and how to be conservative in your spending, how to be, how to be frugal, how to live with less, how like those kinds of family values that you grew up with, right? Like certain people have different relationships with money. So I saw that showing up in my friendships Mm -hmm. a lot where everybody had certain same, you know, like parenting, like their parents had instilled in them, like Mm -hmm. don't spend money on like, you know, nonsense things. Like think very hard about how you spend your money. And like, that was the thing. Um, it was often folks who, again, with this money thing, they were often folks who were also on financial aid. And that was a big part of like my, 
I wouldn't say part of my identity, but it was a big part of like my life at Smith. And so that informed a lot of who I, who I felt safe surrounded with in the sense of they know my experience and they will have similar considerations to me when they make their choices at Smith. So the financial aid and like having friends who had, you know, parents who instilled similar values about money in them, who had some sense of organized religion and what that looks like. Um, Also just, I think people who, enjoyed a lot of music who enjoyed a lot of laughter who liked like you know who weren't very I wouldn't I don't like not the word uptight but who Mm -hmm. have a good sense of the world and hence a good sense of humor Uh, because for me I think having a good sense of the world is very important to have a good sense of like I think those two things are linked if you are an ignorant person cracking jokes that really really upsets me and I don't think you're cracking the joke I think you're just spouting your opinions in like an up and down cadence and that's just disturbing but if you have a good sense of the world you're able to crack jokes and I can laugh with you instead of thinking you're laughing at me I love that that. was very important I think all of my friends at Smith were very funny so I gave them that they made me laugh for hours um so I think having a, a similar amount of, okay, this is what we know about the world. This is what we're about to discover about the world. Mm-hmm. And that, I think we all were in the same sort of boat of mm-hmm. how worldly we all were, how mm-hmm. cultured or informed. Um, so that was a big part of it. Um, I think a lot of us were just like econ and like data yeah. science majors and stuff like right. that. So right. that's just, I don't know how to yeah. explain immigrant life mindsets, but that's a little bit of what, what's going yeah. on there, I think. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that that's the big ones where I hadn't mm-hmm. actually reflected on a lot of like, what, how did I even become friends yeah. with these people? And then I'm right. like, oh, because yeah. we would laugh together a lot. Like we have the same sense of humor yeah. or we, yeah. you know, even if we don't listen to the same music, because I don't think I listened to any Afrobeats before I met most of my right. friends at school. But yeah. I think most people can agree South Asians have an appreciation for beats. And so I was like, okay, I can get with Great. rhythms. I can get with beats. Right. So right. I love yeah. discovering music. And I think the mm-hmm. friends I found also love discovering music. And right. so I introduced them to a lot of music. They introduced me to their music. Mm-hmm. So that was mm-hmm. a very important part of how I made these yeah. friends. Right. Um, I think those are the big ones. I can't mm. think of anything else right now. Yeah. No, yeah, no, that that's that totally makes sense. And I'm like, every time you were talking, I was just like nodding because I could relate to absolutely everything that you were saying. And it just made me think about, you know, how um, the people you surround yourself with, especially like during times of challenges or like obviously college mm-hmm. is not easy. Like we've all mm-hmm. had our um, fair share of, you know, challenges moments. that we had, you know, in moments, our moments, right? We, we've had a lot of moments. Um, and, you know, I, I started thinking about, like, you know, the people that you surround yourself with, is it like, you know, does your mind even, like, automatically, like, says, okay, this person is my friend? Because you're in survival mode, you know, like, all of a sudden, you identify someone also struggling like you, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's not just school, like, social stuff, even. And then you're like, okay, we have, to, like, to stick together. Yeah. I mean, this, this is, like, scientific almost, right? I'm sure yeah. there's, like, a reason. <laughs> that's that's like if we think it's something about in groups and out groups and like who you align with and then you just form a community bond with them and you feel like you know i'll protect them they'll protect me yeah yeah yeah. exactly exactly and i think that also played a big role 
in my life where I like, you know, made friendships with people and we stuck together, you know, through really hard times um, yeah. in college. And, you know, you get to share your, you know, trials and, you know, experiences. And then, you know, you share advice and then you see how they're going through. Mm-hmm. So what I wanted to say was like, you know, as, you know, being an international student, you, um, you know, your identity plays a lot in the decisions that you make, um, mm-hmm. in the friendships that you choose, you know, which friends do I want to invest in? Because you can make yeah. a lot of friends, but, you, you know, you can have like really, really quality, like handful friends, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, um, so yeah. So I like, think, yeah, I think you trust yeah. you. Another thing that came to mind when you said that you find people who are going through the same struggles right or who who have to make the same sets of decisions as you and I think for me it was a great source of like I I could rely on my friends because Mm. I knew that they were going through the same trajectories of discovery as me because I knew that even if they're coming from different paths their values are aligned with who I am and so Mm -hmm. I can learn from what they are considering when they make important right. decisions in their life right. um, instead of, you know, being surrounded with people who I have nothing in common with. And so the yeah. sets of choices for them are very different. Like I could never, mm-hmm. like I can be there for them. I can be right. like, you know, and I, I, this is not to say just band together with people who right. you relate right. to. Like, right. I think there's a lot of, of learning and um, of being around people who have nothing in common with you, mm-hmm. but you can be like, a support system for them you can be you know encourage you can offer encouragement you can cheer for them all of those things but I think it was very important for me from a learning perspective to be surrounded with people who I have some commonalities with because then when they make decisions I'm like okay would I make a similar decision would mm-hmm. I make a different decision mm-hmm. if I make a different decision why is that like right. if I see you know it, like some of my friends were I don't know like neuroscience majors or computer science majors and I was like yeah okay, like, is that something that is some, is that something I could pursue? Because they were thinking of it from not only just an interest point of view, but also right. from like, oh, as an international, there are certain legal considerations for us mm-hmm. after college. And right. they are placing more emphasis on like, well, this is a definitely employable career for the next right. five, you know, like that's what the job market we see. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely gets you the, those certain legal stamps that you need mm-hmm. to get to, in order mm-hmm. to le- elongate your period in the country yeah. before you decide whether you want to go to grad school or not. I was like, okay, those are very, mm-hmm. those are big life decisions. Those are the, some of the first yeah. big life decisions you have to make, right? Yeah. About your future path. Yeah, um, sure. And so you're like, okay, how, how would I do this? Yeah. And so seeing people make those decisions with the same sort of mindsets Mm-hmm. is was helpful it was very helpful right. for me to start right. you know going through those same mental exercises for myself and then being like yeah. okay this feels right okay this doesn't feel right mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah 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 no for sure I totally totally agree with what you're saying it makes total sense to me um and you know thank you also for for sharing that um and I I also wanted to ask you like if you know thinking back at your your college experience like would would you like, do you think, would you have been like a different person if you did not have to like identify with your particular identity or like had that experience in college as an international student? So if I was not an international at Smith, would I yeah. have had a different experience? Or would well, you, would you think like you would have been like, um, okay, what, what, what am I trying to say? Okay, so what I'm trying to say is, <laughs> let me rephrase the question. So what I'm trying to say is, um, do you think if you didn't um, go to Smith, it, it doesn't have to be Smith, actually, if you didn't mm-hmm. study abroad, 
Mm. You, do you think if you did not study abroad, you would be the person that you are today in terms of like, um, you know, the self-reflecting that you're doing in terms of like your opinion about the world um, mm. and basically your personality? Um, I mean, my personality would 100% be different. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like none of these are bad things because right. for me, I think I've always carried in my head the two realities for a long time that I could go mm-hmm. abroad or I could go- not go abroad because it's very expensive mm-hmm. to go abroad. Um, yep. And I was only able to go because, you know, the, the like the funding and everything right, worked sure. out. Right. Right. Um, so for the longest time in my head, I was just like, I because I applied to colleges in Pakistan and right. got in and I was going right. to be. So the first thing is I was probably going to be a lawyer. Uh, so Whoa, I didn't know that. If I had not come to Smith, I would probably have been a lawyer. So that's oh a very different thing. So I'm sure that would have had some impact on my personality. Right. Um, in terms of self-reflection, though, I think I would like to think I would have probably self-reflected just as hard because that's right. just the kind of person I am. Oh, wow, uh, look at you. Okay. But yeah. I probably would have reached different conclusions because mm. obviously the choices offered to you are different, right? Like if you stay home, I might have had a much more, I don't know, I would have probably had like very up close experience with a lot of the problems that are happening at home. So I would probably have stronger opinions about those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right now I feel like because I've had distance from those problems, I don't have as strong opinions about oh, them because I just don't think I have enough information to, you know, say anything about a lot of issues at home. So I would have probably had a lot more, yes, the same amount of self-reflection, but about different choices and different mm-hmm. things. So mm-hmm. growth in different areas probably. So I would look a little bit different, but yeah. hopefully the essence of it would have been the same. Oh, I love that answer, honestly. I mean, because, you know, the reason why I asked you that is I asked that question to myself also because I also have friends who, you know, have stayed in Ethiopia, went to, you know, university here and mm-hmm. then now have jobs. And, we're, you know, we talk and we reflect about our experiences. And for me personally, I, I think um, like having moved to a different country at a very young age and then, you know, staying there um, for college. I think if I had stayed in Ethiopia, I would be a completely different person, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms of yeah. like how I interact with people, in terms of like, how I see the world, like I've had, you know, the privilege and the experience of like, you know, moving and traveling and living in a different country and being friends with different kinds of people that has made me open-minded. You know, a lot of the disagreements that I have now here with my friends is, is that, you know, we talk about something and I I have a completely different opinion about it or I'm just like, okay, but have you thought of it this way? And then they're like, yeah, but like, this is right. This is wrong. Right. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I almost wonder, I think, I think you're right. I think that would probably have been true. I was initially going to say that maybe that has something to do very specifically with the Smith experience. But then I'm like, no, I think, I think since graduating, I've met a lot of people Mm -hmm. from, you know, various different universities who probably if they went home would have Mm -hmm. very different opinions and very different conversations with their friends and like very different friction points simply because they have lived outside and met so many different people and have had to make, you know, all of the choices, um, that we have to make here and so mm-hmm. I think yeah regardless of wherever mm-hmm. you study if you go off into another country at a young age you will definitely have different opinions than people who have stayed in the same environment for most of their lives exactly exactly and I think that's also one of the reasons why I 
I'm doing this podcast also is because to like, you know, hear about other people's stories and how they have navigated their, um, you know, college experience as an international student and how it relates to their own person as an individual, because Mm -hmm. everyone has a different story and the way you interact with people is is very different. Um, And, and yeah, so yeah anyways okay so um (laughs) is there is there anything that um that I didn't ask you but you wanted to share um I think for those who are in college right now or who are planning to apply to college and especially come to a different country and apply to college like uh, that whole experience yeah they I think just be patient with yourself it is a very, it's a very, honestly, I think sometimes it can feel very scary because for me, I placed a lot of importance and a lot of confidence in knowing who I am and my sense mm-hmm. of self. I draw a lot of confidence from that and that like, I know who I am and I know how I would behave in XYZ situation, what my values are. Um, and for me, I've faced in the recent past, very scary moments of I'm like, maybe I don't know who I am or maybe like, you know, this, my opinion is changing about something. And I think it can feel scary, but it's not a bad thing. Uh, And you should not shy away from having difficult conversations with yourself. I'm not saying go out on the street and like engage (laughs) with all of the thoughts that you're all of your intrusive thoughts, but nothing's hurting you from sitting in your room and like if you know if you feel differently about things over time just let yourself think through all of those options Mm -hmm. because your identity is a very it's gonna shift it's gonna change it's gonna evolve and that's how it should be um you should feel changes you should feel like you are learning more and more about yourself as you go through life so don't be scared don't shy away from those conversations with yourself it is a process it takes a lot of time and it honestly feels like a roller coaster of it when you're going through college because there's there's just an influx of information there's an influx of people it's an influx of new experiences so you are bound to have moments of like not crisis, but moments of like big revelations for yourself where mm-hmm. you will learn a lot of things about yourself. So yeah. um, don't be scared of it. Like it's okay. Embrace mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. And you will hundred percent come out, you know, better at the end of it. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, that, that was really, really good. Honestly, I wish I heard that advice while I was starting my college career because it would have been like very, very helpful to even like hear it from mm-hmm. someone who's been through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah I, I mean I totally agree with what you said and in terms of like you know identity I really love what you said about how it's always changing and how it's always mm-hmm. you know morphing because um, you know you know one time you're, you're identifying as this and then the next time you might not yeah. be so and you know the places the people that you meet are going to change like college is not yeah. permanent <laughs> obviously we have graduated so you know yeah. it's temporary right and so um, yeah yeah, it's, I mean, not, it's not even that big and like, you know, I, I, I say these words like it's like, oh, my God, like, oh, I don't believe in God anymore. It's not like that. It's literally like yeah, for the longest yeah. time in my life, I hated tomatoes. And now I'm like, <laughs> I think I could eat tomatoes. And like, it's, such, yeah. it's always been such an important part because people are like, do you want tomatoes yeah. in your burger? I'm like, never. never. Absolutely not. That's not that's not who I am. And now I'm like, it's okay. you, can put, you can put tomato in there. Never wow. in my life, Ruth. And so and that's also what I mean when I say identity. Don't yeah. take yourself too seriously. Exactly. Like, don't be fixed yeah. in your... Yeah. Don't be yeah. fixed in the way you do things. Mm. Especially when you're coming to college and when you're in college, yeah. you're you're yeah. too young to have like, oh, I don't like 
I don't know. I don't do group hangs. I only do like one-on-one friends. Oh, I only do group hangs. I can't handle the intimacy of one-on-one friends. Like don't don't put yourself in all of these boxes. Right. Just relax and try yes. new things. And you yes. will you will learn like within bounds. Like don't do dangerous things, no. but um, <laughs> of course. That that's yeah. also what I mean. Like don't take yourself too seriously. Mm-hmm. None of your opinions and like none is nothing is fixed. Yeah. Um, have yeah. faith in yourself, have faith in what is important yeah. to you and trust yourself. Like I know what is important to myself and I will, you know, I, I will center those things in my life, but there are mm-hmm. things that will shift about me and that's okay. You're, you're right. You, there's not any, like, you're not getting extra points for staying the same and consistent all your life. You, that's, yes. that's okay. Yes. Like I know consistency is key, but mm-hmm. growth is also important. Right. So, right. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I love that. And, you know, I'm just going to say one last thing, um, you know, from what you said, um, I really relate to that because sometimes, you know, our upbringing could make us think in a very rigid way. And when we like divert from that thinking, we might think, oh, my God, I'm not myself anymore. But yeah. I think we we learn, you know, through our different experiences to be comfortable with changing, you know, yep. to be comfortable with just change itself. Exactly. Exactly. Right? So. Yep. I think that's a very, very um, huge, huge lesson, honestly. Um, but yeah. And with that, we end a wonderful conversation about identity with Zoya. Thank you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you for so this much for conversation. Me. Yeah, of course. Um, so just last, last minute housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Please make sure to go follow the official Instagram page at internationality by Ruth, that is L-I-E, and send an email with your questions and concerns about being an international student to internationallybyruth at gmail.com. Thank you again for tuning in today. Hope you have a lovely week ahead of you and take care of yourselves, everyone. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.